Welcome to yet another Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. Tonight we have with us yet another very special guest, all the way from Florida, Rabbi Yaakov Moskowitz. Welcome, Rabbi. How are you doing? Thank you very much, Rabbi Mirov. It's amazing to be here. Doing great. So happy. Thank uh, it's you. It's all our pleasure, and it's great to have you uh, down over here at the Chazak headquarters. And uh, tonight's topic is El is here, now what? But before we delve into the topic, Rabbi, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background uh, to our broad audience. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much, Rabbi Yerovin. I'm really so honored. You know, to be able to be here, to be able to be at the Chazak headquarters, and to be able to uh, have a chance to talk with everybody today. I really thank you guys so much, and for all you guys do for Kaleistral, it's amazing. Um, Okay, a little bit about myself. So, you know, I grew up in Syracuse, New York, upstate over here. Uh, Yeah, I'm the youngest of three brothers. And, um, you know, it was really amazing growing up. Like, you know, we grew up in a, in a town that really didn't have such a religious community. We were religious all the years. But, you know, my brothers and I, we went to, we went to a, a day school that, uh, you know, didn't have so many religious students up till sixth grade. And then seventh and eighth grade, um, we were in a non-Jewish prep school. And after that is really when we went off to yeshiva and kind of really started um, a more formal Jewish education. And, um, you know, I went to the Yeshiva of Rochester for high school in upstate New York. And uh, then after that, I made my way uh, into Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim in Queens, right here in the neighborhood. It was really, uh, you know, driving in now, by the way, it was really just amazing coming back into Queens. I didn't, like, officially feel that I was back in Queens until I realized that it took me almost just as long to find a parking spot (laughs) as it did to drive here from the Catskills. But, uh, you know, it's really amazing being here. And then... Um, so getting back to after high school, I'm sorry, I was in Yeshiva Chavetz Chaim here in Queens um, for a number of years, got married to my wonderful wife, who's also from the neighborhood here. And uh, after I received smicha from the Yeshiva, I began, a, uh, began working in Stony Brook University as the campus rabbi over there in Long Island. I was working for Aish and for Olami and for Roots, for a few organizations there, um, serving as the campus rabbi, trying to be makarev and bring back some of the students. And then after that, uh, my wife and I made a decision to move down to Florida, down to North Miami Beach, uh, where we are today, and we work with Yeshiva Torres Chaim, Torres MS, where I am um, one of the Rebbeim, as well as the Director of Adult Education, uh, where I have the opportunity, the big zechus, that on behalf of the Yeshiva, to, to try to really reach out to the local communities, and we prepare shiurim, and give classes and lectures all around the various uh, various communities in South Florida. And Baruch Hashem, we're seeing an amazing growth, not just this year with all of the, you know, all the people from up here from New York heading down to Florida, but just really in the past, also past number of years we've had, uh, this past year we had around 1,100 students and it's going up to almost 1,300 this, uh, this coming year in the yeshiva. So it's really amazing, amazing growth and we're, you know, we're able to do uh, thank God. Thank God really some awesome things down there. Amazing, Rabbi. Unbelievable. Great. Yagda Torah, Yagda. You should continue spreading the Torah all over the world. Amazing. Tonight's you topic is, uh, Elul is here. Now what? So, uh, Rabbi, it says in Perkei Avot, in if not now, then when? And one often approaches the beginning of Elul with uh, some laziness towards growth. So, uh, the question is, how can we uh, address these challenges and hold us, uh, you know, what's holding us back from becoming better people and, and, and growing? That's an amazing question, Rabbi Miro. Thank you. That's... Uh... It's also a loaded question, so I mean... Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I think you, said, <laughs> you said the interview is about four hours or so? <laughs> 30 minutes? That's it? Oh my goodness. All right, we're going to try to address this quickly, but you know, I, I think that the first thing that we have to think about is really, what is it that holds us back? Like, you know, I, I can't speak for you, I can't speak for everybody out there, but I know that for myself personally, 
Um, you know, they told me this is a confessional session, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it like it is. But you know, when it comes like Elul and we hear it's Rosh Chodesh, my honest thoughts are like, oh boy, you know, not that again. You know, Elul. I, I got to grow, I got to change, it's not so easy. I'm not as excited for Elul as I am for Purim. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the same feeling. So the question is why? Why, uh, why don't we feel excited? Why aren't we motivated? And I think there's really three reasons. Um, the first one is follows. I want to share a story with you that happened about 15 years ago. I was on a flight to Eretz Yisrael with a few friends of mine. And um, it turned out that on the flight, it just so happened that Rav Shmuel Berenbaum, the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir Yeshiva Zatzal, was on that flight. And uh, we were asked to join a minion with him for Shachras on the back of the plane. It was really a big, big zechus. And after the minion, I was walking him back to his seat, and all of a sudden, the um, all of a sudden the uh, the pilot announces over the loudspeaker. He says that there's a lot of turbulence going on in the plane. Everybody has to sit down. Now, Rav Shmuel, he did not. He didn't hear the announcement. You know, he was older at the time. He didn't hear it, so he just kind of kept on talking to me. And I heard the announcement, I felt kind of awkward, like, what do, we, what do we do now? Do I end the conversation or not? But we kept on talking. So finally, one of the Israeli flight attendants, he comes over and he says, he says, Rabbi, you know, you have to sit down now. The plane is shaking, you have to sit down. And Rashmul looked at him, and I still remember this like it was yesterday. He was holding his talus bag, and he said to him, he said, Tfilin, Tfilin. And the man said, Huh? <laughs> what? what are you talking about? And Rishmul again with his big smile, he said, Tfilin, Tfilin. He said, I don't know. And Rishmul said, Why don't you take my Tfilin and put them on? Why don't you do a mitzvah today? And the man looked at Rishmul. He said, No, 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 no. He said, Rabbi, no. He said, Rabbi, I haven't put on Tfilin since my bar mitzvah. And since that time, he said, I've done so many sins and I've done so many crimes. Hashem doesn't want my Tfilin anyway. And Rav Shmuel put on that smile, as people who, uh, who knew him know, you know, that beautiful smile. And he said to him, he said, okay, 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 no problem. He said, but I'm telling you, the tefillin will help. But the man didn't want to. And Rav Shmuel, you know, smiled at him, wished him a good day, went back to his seat. After he left, this, the, uh, you know, the flight attendant looked at me, he said, he must be some very special rabbi, isn't he? And I explained to him who he is, and, uh, you know, and that was how the story ended. And I was thinking about it, you know, like, this individual, he feels that, he, that he's done so many sins, so many crimes. I'm such a bad Jew. And therefore, Hashem doesn't, uh, Hashem doesn't love me. Hashem isn't interested in my prayers. And that's really one of the things that kind of hits us, whether it be consciously or whether it be subconsciously, that we kind of feel the same way sometimes. Like, I've done so many sins, so many averos. Like, it's not going to help. What, I'm going to grow, I'm going to change. Forget about it. You know, I think that's one of the things that, that really gets us, that feeling just like the flight attendant. The second thing is that, you know, for all of us listening, this Elo, this is not our first rodeo. <laughs> you know, we've been down this road. Some people are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. I've done this every year. I tried to make my changes. And guess what? I failed. Every year I tried. I said, Rabbi, I'm going to learn more Torah. I'm going to dive in better. And guess what? I didn't do it. So I failed. I feel like a failure. So why should I do it again? And number three, I think, is, it could be even the most prevalent, is that we feel like, you know, why should I do this? Like, I, I really, I have my life I want to live. I have my job. I have my work. I, I don't want to be bothered by growing. I just want to do my thing. Leave me alone with all the speeches and the inspiration and the growing it's too hard. I, I, I just don't want to. Just leave me alone. You know? So those are, the, those are really the three points. And I think that to address it, 
we really need to think and to understand the reality. You know, as far as the flight attendant, what, what we should tell him and what we should really tell ourselves when we think, you know, I'm so low, I've done so many sins, I'm so terrible, is that, you know, we just experienced Tisha B'Av. And that was really when the Jewish people sank to the lowest of levels. To the extent that the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple, had to be destroyed. Yet at the time that the Beis HaMikdash was about to be destroyed, what does Hashem tell Yirmiya, tell Jeremiah to tell the people? What are His words? You would think His words would be, you're going to give it to them. You people messed up so bad, but what are His words? His words tell them, Zacharti la chesed nu'urayach. I remember the chesed way back when, Ahavas Asayach, that love, that bridal love, like a bride to a groom, that we felt, me and you, Hashem and Kai Yisrael, way back when. Lechtech achrai bamidbar, when you followed after me in the desert. And all I want is to have that relationship. Hashem is telling us, no matter how far we sink, no matter how low we go, Hashem wants us to come back always. And, you know, if that was true in the time periods when, you know, of the Beis HaMikdash, when it was going to be destroyed, I think certainly it's true by us as well, you know. And, you know, as far as point number two, like, I failed so many times, we got to get ourselves into the right mind frame. You know, we were talking before, Rabbi, about, you know, how I was doing, uh, how I was doing Kirov in, in Stony Brook University. I was the campus rabbi over there in Long Island. And, you know, I remember there's, there's a lot of stories that happened during those years, but there's one that really stuck out. And uh, there was a fellow by the name of Brandon who I was learning with. We were learning the Silat Yisharim together uh, for two years, and it was amazing. It's a really a whole story how we ended up learning together in the first place, but okay, that's for a different interview. But we, we were learning, and one day he came in, and he says to me the following. We often would learn over lunch together in the kosher cafeteria, eat our lunch and have our... You know, have our Seder studying together. And one day he comes in, he says, Rabbi, I, I made a decision that today I want to do everything right as far as this meal goes. Whatever the Jewish laws are, as far as the meal, I don't know what they are, but you tell me what they are and I want to do it right for this meal. I've never done it before and I don't know if I'm going to do it after, but I want to do it right. I said, Brandon, that's awesome. That's amazing. So, okay, so let's start. First, we're going to start with the kippah. Okay, so we put on the kippah and then I said, we do netilat yadayim. We wash our hands. We went over to the sink, got the washing cup. He made the bracha. Then we got back to the seat. He was about to eat. I said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we got, uh, we say the hamotzi, the bracha. And then uh, finally, after the meal, after it was over, we said that we do Birkat Amazon, we bench, and uh, we thank God. I took out one of the NCSY benches that we have over there, and, uh, you know, and, he, and, and, and he said as much as he can. And it was amazing. And he left feeling great about himself, and I also left feeling so good. And I went home, I remember I told my wife, I said, guess what? I said, Brandon did all the halachos for having a meal today. And she said, whoa, that's amazing. I told my friends, you know, they said, wow, that's an incredible accomplishment. And, you know, and it is an amazing accomplishment. And I stopped to think about it. I think that, you know, listen, Brandon didn't do it before and he never did it after, or it could be he did, but, I, you know, I don't know of it. And, you know, but, but yet we celebrate that accomplishment like it's so huge. And I stopped to think, I said, you know why we celebrate it like it's so huge? Because it is so huge. And why is it that we can't celebrate that same accomplishment when it comes to myself? When it comes to my own accomplishments, we say, you know, oh, I, I made a commitment. I'm going to learn a lot of Torah this year, but, uh, but I failed. I'm going to learn the whole Masechet this year, the whole tractate of the Gemara, and I didn't do it. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, but how much did you do? You did 10 blot? You did 10 pages? That's amazing. But I didn't do the other 60, 70, 80. Okay, but you did 10. That's awesome. That's incredible. You said you made a commitment. I'm going to daven with Kavana this year. I'm going to daven the first blessing in the Shmonestri with Kavana. And I only did it for a week and then I fell out of it. Okay. But do you know what you accomplished when you did it for that week? Your tefillah was so elevated. It was amazing. You improved in your tefillah. You improved in your amuna. Your relationship with Hashem is so much different because of that one week. So I think that we have to reframe this whole idea of taking things on and what I, you know, failed in, that really we grew a tremendous amount. Half, you know, a cup is half full, half empty. You know, we got to focus in on that um, and realize our amazing accomplishments. And when we do that, we're going to, you know, take that inspiration and just push ourselves forward. And, you know, as far as point number three, like, I don't want, I just don't want to. I just don't want to. It's just, it's too hard. Well, I think we have to ask ourselves, like, do you want to be happy? You know, do you, do you want happiness in life? You know, Tal Ben-Shachar, the uh, you know, positive psychologist who wrote the book Happier, as well as many others, is a Harvard psychologist. He writes at the beginning of the book, uh, Happier, he says that he started out in Harvard University, and they asked him to give a, a small course um, on the topic of happiness. He said eight students signed up, two dropped out in the middle of the semester, and he was left with six students. Okay. But he gave the course, giving people tools to grow in their happiness. And he said the next semester, there were over 300 students that signed up. But then the next semester, there were over 800 students that signed up. And Tal said that it became the largest course in the entire Harvard University. And he asks the question, you know, he says, these are the most brilliant minds in America. The people who are set up for success, why is everybody searching for happiness? You know? And the answer is really what the Magid Mishnah tells us. He says that really, Simcha, you want to know where Simcha comes from? Real true happiness. He says real true happiness comes from a person recognizing what it is that they need to accomplish and doing it. And when a person is really in that state where, you know what, I'm, I'm accomplishing, I'm growing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. That's when they feel real happiness, you know. Amazing. So, yeah. yeah. So we, when we reframe it, you know, it, it's a whole different picture. And then like, hey, I want to grow. Sign me up for this, you know, for this Elul thing, you know. Rabbi Maskut, amazing physical inspiration. But as we all know, all beginnings are difficult. So Rabbi, how should we view these initial roadblocks on the journey to becoming our true selves, to becoming happier people, to become better people? It's going to be difficult in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing point. And, that, and that's usually what hits us also, that this is really challenging. This is, this is hard. And, you know, I think that, you know, to answer that, we have to really take a step back and understand what, like, what does Hashem want from us during this time period of Elul, Thruyum, Kippur, etc. And I saw, there's an incredible Sefer out there that recently was published into, uh, into English. Um, it's called the Sichos, the Talks of Rav Shlomo Hoffman. And Rav Shlomo Hoffman was a student in the Hebron Yeshiva uh, for many years. And he said like this, he said a very interesting little anecdote, that one day he was walking around Yeshiva when he was a student many years ago. It was, it was during the Aseret Yom Tshuva between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And he was very sad. He was like very down, had this frown on his face. And the Rosh Hashiva, Rav Yecheskel Sarna, stopped him in the hallway. He said, why are you so sad? He said, well, because it's the Aseret Yom Tshuva. And he said, huh? So why does that mean you should be sad? Why shouldn't you be happy? He said, well, because I'm supposed to do tshuva. 
And according to the Rambam, according to Maimonides, that means very high levels of changing myself and, and, and turning everything around, taking on a new leaf. I'm very sad because it's very hard. And Rabbi Yechezkel Sarna smiled and he looked at him. He said, in this regard, we don't paskin like the Rambam. He says, we paskin like we, we determine the halacha like Rabbeinu Yono, who says the following. He says, all we need to do in order for Hashem to be happy with us, come Yom Kippur, is for us to be misiyatse valderach tov, to get onto the right path. He gives a mushal, and his mushal, the story goes back to the times of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. And if I may, I'm going to try to Americanize the mushal a little bit, you know, because he's talking about Israeli towns, etc. But imagine, you know, there's a fellow who moves over to America from Israel, and he doesn't really know the country that well, but he settles over in Baltimore. And he knows he has a friend, a close friend of his, who lives in New York, and he wants to go visit. So he has a day off, and he asks somebody, how do I get there? So they say, listen, you've got to get to the highway and take Interstate 95 straight to New York. Just take it straight there, you're good to go. All right. He gets on the highway, he starts driving. He sees the signs for Interstate 95, and he gets on, he's driving. He's assuming it's going to take about three and a half hours, and three and a half hours later, he's, you know, he's looking, and he, starts, he sees signs for, like, welcome to North Carolina. <laughs> It's like, you know, I don't know, I'm assuming that that's somewhere near New York. So I'm just going to keep on driving. So he keeps on driving, and eventually South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. But I'm assuming they told me go this way. So I'm assuming this is the route to New York. Till eventually he gets all the way down to Miami Beach. <laughs> and, he, and he gets out of the car, he's stopped by the beach, he's on Collins Avenue, can't drive any further. And he gets out, and he says, uh, yes, somebody there, you know, is New York somewhere around here? <laughs> And they look at him like he's crazy. New York? You're 19 hours away from New York. What, what, what's wrong with you? He says, well, I, I was in Baltimore. I went to get to New York. What happened? The fellow says, oh, you, got, you went the wrong direction on the 95. You went north. You should have gone south. What you have to do is get to the highway and get back. Get back on the right road. It's going to be a long drive. It's going to be a, about 19 hours, but eventually you're going to get there. And Shlomo Hoffman stopped and he said, you know what? If you stop right there, in the film, right there in the movie, and ask the following question. At what point in this trip was he closer to his destination? And many of us would say when he left Baltimore, right? He was, he was, a much closer, he was only three and a half hours away. He says, no, 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 you're making a big mistake. He said when he left Baltimore, he was the furthest from his destination. You know why? Because he was heading in the wrong direction. He was headed on a trajectory to never get there. But he says now, even though he's 19 hours away, now he's on the path to head in the right direction. And he says that that's what we need to do. That moment that you turn around on the highway, that moment that you just spin that car around, and now I'm headed in the right direction, that's what Hashem wants from us. You know, comes, uh, you know, comes Yom Kippur. And uh, the Gemara says, you know, that Yom Kippur is machaper l'shavim. Yom Kippur atones for those who are doing teshuva. And Rabbi Yisrael Salanter says it doesn't say l'shavu for those who did teshuva. It says l'shavim for those who are doing teshuva, those who are in the, in the process. Just getting on the right road. That's all we have to do, you know. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. What, sure. what inspiration, Rabbi Maskritz. Ah, I love it. We're all doing teshuva. We're all getting inspired. So, Rabbi, all too often when we are inspired, we bite off more than what we could chew. But we know that it says in the Gemara, Fasta Maruba, Lotta that you grab too much, you won't grab anything. So, what small steps, Rabbi, can we take 
to make this a meaningful elul. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. And I, I like that word, small steps. You know, we're going to be getting more into that. You know, as we go, let's not get overwhelmed. Don't get scared. Very well with, the, with your answer. Exactly. Yeah. Don't get scared. You know, we, we the first thing is you know the Silat Yisharim from Ramosha Chaim Lutzato. He tells us that we have to do something called Mika Cheshbon Nefesh. We have to really stop and internalize and think. He says we have to think about the big picture of what. Like my goals are for life, what Hashem wants for me overall. And he says the second step is we have to think about how do my actions that I'm, that I'm doing right now or that I'm not doing or that I could be doing, whatever, how do those line up with the big picture? And, you know, I was really, I, I was thinking about this and I, I gave a class uh, down in South Florida a few years ago um, on, uh, around this time period and uh, it was called Steps Towards Real Change and one of the things that, that I put out there and um, we'll see if it's up there on the screen but I put together like this idea of uh, points to ponder and something to think about is that like our avodas Hashem, our service of God, really could be broken up into different parts. You know, we have our tefillah, which is definitely a big part. We have our Torah learning. We also have our relationship with our spouse and with our children. That's a big part of our avodas Hashem. We have our relationships at work and how we deal with life's challenges as they come up in work. We also have the big things that hit us. You know, in our life, sometimes somebody gets sick, etc. How do we address it? How do we, you know, how do we react towards that? And I, I said, and I put down on this paper, that really we have to stop and think about these little categories. Take 10 minutes out of your day and stop and think. You know, for example, when it comes to my home, let's ask ourselves, can my relationship with my spouse, my children, my family be even better than it already is? And if so, in what way? What can I do to make that happen? We stop and we think about our tefillah and our brachos. Do I understand the meaning of the prayers that I'm saying? Is my tefillah, my daily brachos, causing me to appreciate that Hashem is providing for me? Am I thanking Hashem enough for my amazing life? Like, let's, let's ask ourselves these questions. You know, my, my tougher life situations. Do I feel that Hashem is giving me these challenges for my good, for my growth? We know that's the truth. Do I feel that my amuna is being tested in these moments? Are any of my midos being triggered during these situations? Is there anything I can do to increase my trust in Hashem throughout these difficult circumstances. Ask ourselves these questions. These areas in life, you know, my career, my tefillah, my learning, my family, is there any area there that I feel that I could, that I could grow, that I could get even better at? Rabbi Masquith, love the chizuk, love the inspiration. The words are coming out of the rabbi's heart and into all of ours as well, Rabbi. I really, really enjoyed all the chizuk, but we could ask you for one last final message for our broad audience, the last, uh, you know, grand slam. Well, the grand slam, thank you very much, Rabbi. The, really, we're going to do one step before the grand slam, sure. and that is, the, the step before the grand slam is that after we think about the areas we want to improve, you know, we got to pick something really, really small. Our picks are really small, you know. Yeah, amazing. That's what we were talking about before, the small steps. You know, Revolvi said a really cool story. He said that he was, um, he was asked to give chizuk to some Israeli soldiers a number of years back who were fighting on the front lines in Egypt. And he was being, dri- he was being flown, I'm sorry, he was being flown on the plane to, uh, into Egypt. And as soon as they got, they crossed the border into Egypt, he said that the plane took a nosedive. And, and it was going really fast, you know, down, like down to Mother Earth. <laughs> and he was very scared. And he asked the pilot, what's going on? And the pilot said to me, he said, well, 
He said, when we go into enemy territory, they could detect us on the radars. So he said, we have to fly really low. And if we fly really low to the ground, then the radars can't detect us. And Revolvi said, isn't that an amazing mashal? Isn't that an amazing life lesson for us? Especially when it comes out, you know, the Yetzir Hara tries to get us. And he knows that when we take on these big things, and you know, I'm going to, this year, I'm going to finish all of Shas. <laughs> you know, or this year, I am never going to get angry at Anyone. You know, we, we try these big, big things. That's when the Yitzhak says, Oh, I'm going to get this guy. I'm <laughs> going to get you. Because then all of a sudden, the day after, the moment after Yom Kippur, he's all of a sudden getting so mad because he didn't get the first piece of cake. <laughs> you don't have to break the fast. So we take on these big things, the Yitzhak gets us. But Revolvi says that if we are able to fly real low and take on something real small and simple in the area that we want to grow in, then he says that then the Yitzhahara has a much harder time at getting us. We could fly under the radar. And so that's why we have to take on some really, really small thing. You know, if a person wants to improve their relationships, especially their relationship with their spouse, their relationship with their children, you know, can we commit ourselves to give one compliment a day? One compliment a day to my spouse? Can I do that? That would be amazing. That one, that one thing, and that's going to help us improve Overall, in all of our relationships, you know, can I say one bracha a day? One shehakol nihiyeh bidvaro with kavana. We do that. That's, that. That should be kind of easy. If we could do that, then we're going to be growing in our brachos and all the brachos and our amun, our connection with Hashem. So it's really amazing. And, you know, I want to leave off, Rabbi, that, uh, you know, if we want, you know, we want some inspiration, we want some role models, People to, uh, you know, people to look at, people that we say, hey, that person is growing, that person is doing the right thing, that person is accomplishing. I, I want to look at them as a role model, whether it be a family member, a friend, a rabbi, etc. And I want to grow. I also want to grow. I want to be just like them. And, um, you know, I, I was really thinking that, you know, when I walked in here, walking here to the office and just, you know, getting to see everybody in person and seeing all the work that's going on here on behalf of Kal Yisrael here at the Chazak office, you know, I think really this is the place that everybody should come in to get their inspiration. I don't want to flood the office here, Rabbi Meirav. You know, everyone's going to be coming in. Come, Ella. But come here to really get the inspiration. You see all the incredible work that Chazak is doing, the work for the kids, trying to get the kids into the, trying to get the kids out of public schools and into yeshivas. You know, a few days ago, Robbie and I were talking, and I thought the conversation was about this uh, was about this interview, you know, which is how it started. But then Robbie was saying, "Rabbi, what could we do about in South Florida to get the public school kids? What could we do to get them into yeshivas?" I said, "These guys are amazing. You know, they're thinking all over the place, and the kids into the yeshivas and the work for the teens and all of the incredible shiurim that all of us have benefited from. You know, the amazing speakers and everything all around the world." And it's, it's just really awesome, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm in awe when I see and I hear about and I participate in all of the incredible work that you do. And um, it, it really inspires me to grow, to want to become better, to want to accomplish more, seeing your tireless efforts just on behalf of Kleistro is really amazing. Wow, thank you very, very much, Rabbi Moskowitz, for the chizuk, for the inspiration. And uh, Rabbi Moskowitz is definitely a role model as well, and the great work that he's doing in South Florida, right? South Florida, yeah. Yeshivas, help me out, Taurus Chaim Emes, Taurus Emes.
But the 1200 students, Kanaya Baruch Hashem, thank you Hashem. And it was a pleasure to have you on the program. What inspiration, what chizuk you gave all of us. You should continue strong. And, and, and uh, we remind you to all of our audience to uh, log in every single Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for t- Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks with amazing guest speakers. Once again, Rabbi Moskowitz, Chazak Baruch Yashakach. Amen. Thank you very much, Rabbi Meir.